بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of عمدة الاحكام and حديث number 38 عن جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أعطيت خمسا لم يعطهن أحد من الأنبياء قبلي مريت جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما that the Prophet said I have been given five things which were not given to anyone else before me Allah made me victorious by Aum for a distance of one month's journey. And the earth has been made for me and for my followers a place for praying, anything to perform tayammum, purifying meaning. Therefore, any one of my followers can pray whenever the time of prayer is due is due وأحلت لي الغنائم and the booty has been made halal lawful for me yet it was not lawful for anyone else before me ولم تح ولم تحل لأحد قبلي وأعطيت الشفاعة وكان النبي وكان النبي يبعث إلى قومه خاصة وبعثت إلى الناس عامة I have been given the right of intercession on the day of resurrection and every prophet used to be sent to his nation but only but I have been sent to all mankind. The narrator is Jabir bin Abdullah radiallahu anhuma and we uh, spoke regarding his biography uh, three hadiths uh, before this hadith and the Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhum ma mentions that Prophet spoke to them regarding some of the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had bestowed upon him and upon whom upon his ummah from certain favors and characteristics which were not given to prophets before or to their nations before. The Prophet spoke about this uh, as a manifestation for the favor of Allah making that known and in order to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this so he said here in this hadith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me أعطيته, meaning I have been given and the one who gave him is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is the favor of Allah he bestows upon whom he wishes and this is from the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Prophet والسلام, and upon this ummah. I have been given five. And this does not really uh, make this as a restricted to five. Some of, sometimes the Prophet والسلام, gives the uh, example of certain numbers, yet there may be uh, something similar. But he wants to draw things nearer. Why? Because we say this because the Prophet ﷺ has other characteristics. And this Ummah also is qualified by other characteristics. 
This is like the saying of this is like the saying of the Prophet ﷺ. For example, ثلاثة لا يكلمهم الله يوم القيامة three. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will not speak to on the day of resurrection. ولا ينظر إليهم and will not look at them. ولا يزكيهم and will not sanctify them, purify them. ولهم عذاب أليم and they will have severe torment. Yet there will be others. There will be others. And this is also like the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, سَبْعَةٌ يُظِلُّهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظِلِّهِ Seven that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shade uh, in his shade. And there will be others. And so here in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, أُعْطِيْتُ I have been given I have been given five things which were not given to anyone else anyone else before me anyone else before me or he said before because there will be no prophet after him there will be no prophet after him the first one is Nusirtu bil-Rab Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him the first one is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him victorious made him victorious by Al meaning frightening his enemies by his frightening my enemies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instills fears in the enemies of the Prophet for a distance of one month's journey this fear which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instills in the hearts of the enemies as Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Hashr in Surah Al-Hashr 59 concerning uh, the Bani Al-Nudayr وَقَذَفَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الرَّعْبِ يُخْرِبُونَ بِيُوتَهُمْ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ He cast terror in their hearts so that they destroyed their own dwellings with their own hands and the hands of the believers. There is no doubt that casting terror in the hearts of the enemies is one of the great Weapons of destruction because the one in whose heart there is fear will not stand firm, rather, will run away. It is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, weapon to be used against the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said that this victorious. Matter, casting out in fear. He said, for a distance of one month's journey. And this is to be carried in accordance with the means used then at the time of the Prophet. This is the journey on loaded camels. This is the journey, the time taken. 
to conclude the journey by loaded camels because this is not to be applicable for every time and place because if we say of this then in our times uh, the month journey you will reach the entire you will traverse the entire earth east and west so but here it refers to that which is you know, known or which was known at the time of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. Now, and this victory, which is affirmed to the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, is also affirmed to his ummah. Those, however, who are guided by him, outwardly and inwardly. The second, the second matter which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon the Prophet is جُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا The earth has been made for me and for my followers now a place for praying and a thing to perform tayammum meaning purifying the earth is purifying and this الْأَرْض the earth covers all it's a general a place for prayer meaning to conclude the prayer and tahura that which is used for purification so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala generalized and in his saying describing the earth as tahur purifying and he didn't say, remember here, he didn't say the earth with soil or the earth without stones or with the stones. No. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the water from the heavens, from the heavens, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings down وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً طَهُورًا وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً طَهُورًا Purifying used for purification, purification water, rain water وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً طَهُورًا But the meaning is that this is the water which is purifying used for purification. So the earth is also tahur, purifying, used for tayammum, just like the water. Now, then he said, فَأَيُّمَا رَجُلٌ أَدْرَكَتْهُ الصَّلَاةِ فَلْيُصَلِّ Anyone of my followers can pray, whenever the time of a prayer is due, then let him pray. Because he will have no excuse. And the prayer is due when its time is due. So let him pray in any place. Except with the exceptions which will talk, uh, uh, except for these places which we will know that it is not allowed to pray in as will come later. Why? Because if he says, I want to delay 
until I use the water for purification. We say, we say in response, Al-Ard Tahur, the earth is purifying. And if he says, I will delay the salah. لأجد مكانا أطمئن إليه أكثر so that I find a place to where I will feel more tranquil and so forth we tell him الأرض مسجد the earth is a praying place you have no excuse you have your طهور which is the earth you have your place of prayers so therefore you don't have an excuse and in this there is evidence therefore that the person who doesn't have the water, who doesn't find the water, to pray at the time when the prayer is due. And it is not binding upon him to delay it till the end of the time of the prayer. However, the people of knowledge mentioned something here. They said, إِنَّهُ إِذَا كَانَ يَرْجُوْ وُجُودَ الْمَاءِ If he anticipates finding the water, or he knows of its existence in some place, at the end of the time, then in this case he delays the salah until he finds the water. Okay, as the verse number, it is Surah Al-Furqan 25-48. Sorry, it's not 9-48. 25 الفرقان وأنزلنا من السماء ماء طهورا and then he said and we send down pure water from the sky now this is the point of evidence we mentioned earlier the third matter which the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is وأحلت لي الغنائم ولم تحل لأحد قبلي the third one, the booty has been made halal lawful for me, yet it was not lawful for anyone else before me. Booties. This is what Muslims take from their enemies, from the combatant kafirs, the warriors, during the fighting and what follows that, and what's related to it. In the past, before the Prophet ﷺ, in the nations before, these booties used to be gathered in one place. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send on it fire from heavens and it will destroy it. So they used to gather these booties and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send upon that would send upon it fire to destroy. And it happened that if anyone would take anything from the booties, then the fire will not be sent, and so they will look to find who is the one who took from the booties until they find him and take the booties and put it with the rest and gather that in one place then the fire will be sent 
to destroy it. And this is from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth matter, the fourth matter mentioned in this hadith from the characteristics of the Prophet is وَأُعْطِيتُ الشَّفَاعَةَ وَأُعْطِيتُ الشَّفَاعَةَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the intercession, the greater intercession. No one else except the Prophet will be given this intercession and this will occur when people will be going through hardships that they cannot tolerate while awaiting for the judgment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. This extends 50,000 years with its horrors, which will turn the child, will make his hair turn gray, so people will be at, will be having great distress that they cannot tolerate. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires in them to go to Adam alayhi salam, the father of humanity, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created by his own hands, and whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the angels to prostrate to him and whom Allah the Most High taught him the names of everything, and whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made in his offspring the prophethood and the revelations. But he, Adam, alayhi salam, puts an excuse. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directs them to go to, inspires them to go to, Nuh alayhi salam, The first messenger whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to the people on the earth and whom Allah praised him as in Surah Al-Isra chapter 17 verse 3 إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا But he declines and puts his excuse then they go to Ibrahim alayhi salam uh, and he also puts forward his excuse. Then they go to Musa alayhi salam and the same to Isa alayhi salam. Isa does not put an excuse however He declines to intercede here because of the presence of someone who is more deserving of that, meaning Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is from the wisdom of Allah azza wa jal, that Allah inspires them to go to these prophets and messengers. And then finally to Isa who refers the matter to 
the one who is more entitled and more fitting to that and that is the Prophet so they go to him <coughs> and so he intercedes for them with Allah and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to judge between his slaves this intercession no one received before the Prophet the most noble amongst mankind are included so Allah saved that for the Prophet and this is the favor of Allah he bestows upon whom he wishes no one puts a restriction on Allah because the judgment is his and he does as he wishes the fifth matter the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that and he said وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ يُبْعَثُ إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ خَاصَّةً وَبُعِثْتُ إِلَىٰ النَّاسِ عَامَّةً Every Prophet used to be sent to his nation only but I have been sent to all mankind Allahumma salli wa sallam alayhi يُبْعَثُ إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ يُبْعَثُ إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ will be sent to his nation and then that's when there will be that's when there are several nations why we mention this because with Nuh his message is to the people of the earth but at that time they were not different nations but people were one people one nation so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send them Nuh then and his story is known from the benefits of this hadith the favor of Allah upon this ummah since he particularized to it certain qualities which were not given to the nations before and this is included in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Imran in 3 and 10 Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas You are the best of people ever raised up for mankind Nothing equivalent to this statement addressing the nations before however with respect to Bani Israel the children of Israel Allah mentioned that he preferred them upon Al-Alameen Al-Alameen mankind but the ulama mentioned that this term Al-Ulama meaning Al-Alami Zamanihim the mankind at their time not the entire mankind this is because this Ummah, in agreement, is the best nation. The second benefit is 
the merit of the Prophet ﷺ in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him that which he didn't give to any Prophet before him. Third benefit is the good teaching of the Prophet ﷺ and good way of education and educating since he puts together things that of, of matters that are uh, dispersed and uh, scattered in one context because this is better for comprehension by the heart and also by attracting attention uh, or yes by the ear so things that may be scattered he puts them together in one context the fourth benefit the favor of Allah upon his messenger by giving him this great weapon of casting terror in the hearts of his enemies would this also be applicable to any of his ummah the answer if this ummah is on the path of its prophet then this will be affirmed for it and there is no doubt because the matter for which the Prophet was given victory if it exists in this Ummah then victory will continue to be achieved as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah At-Tawbah chapter 9 verse 33 it is he who sent his messenger with guidance and the religion of the truth, Islam to make it superior over all religions even though the mushriks hate it and therefore we say therefore if there is a delay for victory then this is due to a cause and the causes of humiliation or many from them is al-ma'asiyah sin second false pride third lack of sincerity in jihad like those who fight for nationalism victory is not guaranteed for them however if given it may be so that they be a check for others not a victory for them so it's important to remember that victory has its causes and when the Ummah 
establishes that which its Prophet established and, he, and the rightly guided caliphs after him also, then it's inevitable that the victory will come. And anyone who follows the history will come to know that this is the truth. It will be a testimony for this. Fifth uh, benefit, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the earth as a masjid and tahura, purifying. Allah made ja'ala. And when you see the term ja'ala, then it falls into two categories in terms of the meaning. Ja'ala made This could be legal and this could be creational, bringing to existence. It could be legal and it could be creational, meaning bringing to existence. Like for example, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Isra 17, 12, وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ آيَتَيْنِ وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ آيَتَيْنِ This is of the creational type. And we have appointed the night and the day as two ayat. The other example is on the other category, meaning the legal meaning of Ja'ala made as in Surah Al-Ma'idah 5, ما جعل الله من بحيرة ما جعل الله من بحيرة meaning Allah did not legislate legalize Allah has not instituted things like بحيرة which is a she camel whose milk was spared for the idols and nobody was allowed to milk it this is not legalized by Allah so you see the term جعله has two categories in terms of its meaning first is creational bringing into existence, the second is legal. The next benefit, all the earth is a praying place. So anyone who comes and sees you praying and says that your salah is invalid in this place, then you tell him what is your dalil, what is your evidence. And this generalization necessitates the validity of Salah, of Salat al-Faridah, in the, inside the Kaaba. So it is valid as the Nafil as well. Because we know that the Nafil prayer is affirmed in the Sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ prayed inside the Kaaba. And in principle, anything affirmed uh, in the Nafil prayer, then it is also to be affirmed in the Fard. Now, what are the exceptions? What are the exceptions for this generalization? First, the impure or filthy place. Then Salah is not to be offered there. 
and the evidence for this. When the Bedouin came to the Prophet ﷺ mosque and urinated inside the mosque, the Prophet ﷺ ordered that a pocket of water be brought and to be used to wash the place. So this indicates that the praying place must be pure. And this is an explicit textual proof. The second evidence is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah 2, 125. أَنْطَهِرَا بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالْرُكَّعِ السُّجُودِ أَنْطَهِرَا بَيْتِيَ And purify my place for those who are circumambulating it. or bowing or prostrating themselves there in prayer. And this covers both the physical, the tangible and intangible purification. The second exception is the symmetry, the graveyard. Salah is not valid in graveyards. And the evidence is in the hadith of Abi Mursid al-Ghanawi radiyallahu anhu in Sahih Muslim when the Prophet said La tusallu ila al-qubur don't pray towards the graves. So don't make them the qibla lest one would fall in the affliction of shirk. So by all means, praying between the graves takes precedence that it is invalid. Also, the evidence is in what at Imam Al-Tirmidhi narrated in an isnad which is uh, okay in terms of its authenticity that the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Ardu kulluha masjidun illa al-maqbara wal-hammam. The whole earth is a masjid except the cemetery, the graveyard, or al-hammam, the public bath. The public bath. So therefore, the cemetery or the graveyard, it's not, it's not, it is invalid to pray there, whether it is fard or nafil, and whether this is between the graves or behind the graves or in front of the graves or to the right or to the left of the graves. So if you were in a cemetery, a large symmetry or a no. a wide one with many uh, spaces in there where these spaces are empty no graves in them then praying in these places is incorrect because they fall still under the name of the graveyard this is part of the graveyard from this we take an evidence here for the keenness of the lawgiver to protect the tawheed from every path that leads to shirk because the fitna of the graves is not something easy 
and this is from the greatest fitan afflicting the children of Adam, meaning the fitan of graveyards. How many in our times, as you know, are afflicted with this affliction of graves and grave worship, calling the occupants of the grave, seeking intercession through them, invoking them besides Allah, calling upon them, saying, Ya Ali, O Ali, O Hassan, O Hussein, O Badawi, O Jilani, O Qadiri, O Rifai, O Rumi. The third is the public path or the open place for calling uh, for uh, responding to the call of nature as it used to be in the past and the uh, the bath is where people bathe <coughs> and the places and the place where people used to go for to re- respond to the call of nature is known in the past people go and defecate and urinate there. This was known until recently even. So in these places it is not permissible to make salah. So also we know the prayers towards the grave where the grave stands in front of the person, the salah in this place is not permissible. It's, inco- it's invalid. It's not because that this is something impure or filthy or the like. No, because having the grave in front of you is a means that leads to shirk. Because it is, could, could grow gradually, especially with the ignorant, And it turns from praying towards the grave to praying to the grave. The next place where the exception is Atanul Ibil, the place where the uh, camels kneel down and stay. and sleep in. So these places uh, for the camels, it is invalid to pray in them. And when he was asked وسلم, about them, about these camel places, about the prayer in them, he said, no, no. They asked Musalli fi Marabad al Ghanam, can we pray in the uh, places of uh, sheep where they stay? He said, yes. Is it here because its dung is impure and filthy and its urine is also the same? No. No, this is not the reason behind 
forbidding uh, praying in the camel places it is because these places are places where it is an abode for shaitan shaitan because the ibel the camel as came in the hadith is created from shayateen as insan as man is created is made of haste meaning its nature is shaitanic satanic tabi'atuha shaytana it doesn't mean that it is from the offspring of shaytan because the shaytan is another world But this is like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning man in Surah Al-Anbiya 21-37 Man is made, out, is made of haste. So its nature is shaitaniya. So therefore its places will be an abode for shayateen. And that's why the salah is invalid there. So it's not related to its dung or urine. Now, but suppose man takes his camels out and it kneels to rest and to eat and so forth and he does the same he sets to relax and eat and so forth and then uh, it urinates and defecates and uh, I mean it urinates and then releases dunk and so forth could this place be considered also as a place where it is not allowed to pray the answer is no because this is not its abode. This is not its its place, rather. Its usual and normal place where it stays and kneels. No. This is fine. Meaning Salah is correct here, is, is valid in this place. Okay, the next place where some of, or with many scholars, consider as a place where it's not valid, Salah is not valid, is forcefully confiscated lands taken by force unjustly, or houses, the same, or any place taken from its owner unjustly, and you pray there. According to many scholars, according to many scholars, The Salah in these places is invalid. And the way they directed it is by saying that his stay in this place is disobedience and is forbidden. And it cannot be a place of obedience, to offer obedience,
because of opposition. So, here you are disobedient, and in this place you want to perform the obedience, and, and that you are an obedient person, this is contradiction. So they concluded that the Salah in this unjustly taken places from land and houses and so forth is invalid. And accordingly, anyone who stays in his rented house without the approval of the owner, then his salah is invalid. Then his salah is invalid. And similarly, there is no salah for his family, except if his family cannot pray in another place. Here they may pray, and the sin is upon the household, the, the, the head of the family. So if he says, I will stay renting without the approval of the landlord in accordance with the law, he may say, because in some countries, if someone rents a house or an apartment, it becomes like his property, he is not to leave it unless he uh, feels so. In response, we say that the law cannot make the haram, the unlawful, lawful. And if you take the law as your pretext and use the authority for your side, then in this case, there is no doubt that you are oppressor, unjust. And if you take the law to be the judge between people, replacing the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you are at grave danger of being a mushrik. So the one who stays in accordance with the law and against the approval of the landlord is either he takes the law as a means of authority and that you cannot evac evict me because whatever you do my stay is continuing this person is disobedient sinner and no doubt about that and transgressor but if he takes the law to put it take gives it precedence above the law of Allah and his messenger then this is grave danger and it is correct to say that he is mushrik so the matter is really grave so therefore, it is not permissible for anyone 
to live in someone else's property without his approval, even by, even if he takes the law to his side. This is, all of this is in accordance, as we have mentioned, in accordance with the first opinion, that in accordance with the opinion of the majority of the scholars that the Salah is invalid under these situations we mentioned. The other opinion, and this is the correct opinion from the sayings of the scholars, is that the Salah in the unjustly taken land is valid. However, he is sinful. Why? Because there is here separation and connection. There is, the connection is not established. Why? Because the Salah is obedience from the angle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that. And taking something unjustly, unrightly, and with force, etc., is forbidden from the angle that this is taking property unjustly. And there is no specific forbiddance of Salah itself. Meaning, had the Prophet said, La tusallu fi ardin masuba, don't pray in a unjustly overtaken land. If he had said this, then we would say the Salah is invalid. Like when we say that the Salah is invalid during the times when it is forbidden to pray. As in the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, لا صلاة بعد الصبح حتى تطوى الشمس. There is no Salah after الصبح, after Fajr. Until the sun rises. So now, if anyone now, during this period, prays a salah which has no cause, after Salat al-Fajr, he prays a salah that has no cause to pray, we say your salah is invalid and you are sinful. So therefore, the correct opinion is that Salah fil al sahih. The salah in the unjustly overtaken land is correct. However, the person is sinful in staying in this place. So now, back to the original discussion. In principle, the earth is a valid place. The whole earth is a valid place for Salah. Take this principle, and if anyone objects to you, tell him, give me the evidence, the dalil. As to the hadith of Abdullah bin Umar, that the Salah is invalid in seven places, this hadith reported by a tirmidhi in its isnad, there is Zayd bin Jabira, and he is da'if, is weak, and this hadith is weak.
and it's in cannot be taken as a valid evidence or a proof. The next benefit. The entire earth is a place for tayammum to perform dry ablution. Kullul ard, all the earth. Because the Prophet ﷺ generalized when he said وَجُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا And the whole earth had been made a place of prey and a place for tayammum. So therefore, it is valid to perform tayammum on rocky earth, on sand, sandy earth, on what earth? Kullu al-ard, entire earth. Now if someone says, well, the sandy one or the wet one or the rocky one, there is no dust on it. So therefore the tayammum is invalid. We say, who said that? the dust is a condition while we know that the hadith is general and we know that the Prophet knows that people travel during winter days and the winter days are days of rain or wetness or dryness and the light and he traveled to Tabuk and on his way there are so much sand, and he took sandy roads, and people made tayammum. So therefore, accordingly, tayammum using any parts of the earth is correct and permissible, whether it has soil or dust on it or not. The condition, however, is that it is to be pure, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah An-Nisa 4, 43 Sa'idan tayyiba Tayammamu Sa'idan tayyiba Perform tayammum with clean earth This is a point of evidence The next benefit It is not mandatory It is not mandatory To seek the water before the due time of prayer because the hadith adrakathu salah whoever whenever the time of prayer is due the next benefit there is no distinction with regard to tayammum between men and women in the ruling next benefit whoever meets the due time of Salah and does not find the water then it is permissible for him to make the Salah with Tayammum even though he may know the presence of water at the end of the time Because here the Prophet ﷺ said, أَدْرَكَتْهُ salah Whenever the time of prayer is due. Some of the people of the knowledge, however, mentioned that if he comes to know the, uh, the presence of 
water at the end of the time, then in this case it is binding upon him to delay. And this may have some validity to it. Why? Because praying in the beginning of the due time of Salah is a sunnah. And using the water when it's present is wajib, is binding. It's not permissible to delay the time, to delay the Salah beyond its time, even if one knows that he will find the water shortly. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, فَلْيُصَلِّي Then let him pray. And because this is supported by the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in, in Surah An-Nisa 4, uh, 103 Verily <laughs> the prayer is enjoined on the believers at fixed hours. The next benefit of this hadith is the making permissible the bounty, the booties for this ummah, taking the booties. When he said, وسلم, and the booties had been made uh, lawful for me. And this brings another benefit, the permissibility of abrogating the laws. Whether this is irrelevant to, in relevance to, the same revelation or same rulings in one sharia or with respect to the rulings in different sharias the permissibility to abrogate holds on either account the next benefit is the merit of the prophet by being given the shafa'a the intercession And this also brings another benefit, and that is إِثْبَاتُ الشَّفَاعَةِ The affirmation of the intercession. And the, the Ummah is in agreement that the greater intercession is affirmed. Meaning, uh, this is said by the Sunni and the innovators, that the greater intercession is affirmed for the Prophet ﷺ. However, the intercession regarding the people of major sins, this is not affirmed by the deviant sects of the Mu'tazilites and the Khawarij, the dissident rebellions. Why? Because they see that the major sin doer is in hell forever. So therefore he it's not possible for him to receive intercession. But to the contrary, this is in this is incorrect. And what is correct is that it is affirmed even to the major sin doers.
And the evidence for this is replete in the books of Creed. The next benefit of this hadith, the universality of the message of the Prophet because he said وَبُعِثْتُ إِلَى النَّاسِ عَامَّ and I have been sent to all mankind next benefit it's not permitted or it's not possible to change the Sharia due to change of time it's not possible to change the Sharia with the change of times otherwise the universality of the Prophet Sallallahu message would not be as such it would not be universal however whatever is restricted in terms of benefits this may change with the change of conditions what is known by way of Sharia that such and such is linked to benefits then there is no doubt that it may change in accordance with conditions however in terms of the usul, the foundations this cannot be abrogated the next benefit the universality of the Prophet message is restricted to him alone and not to any other Prophet because he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ يُبْعَثُ إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ خَاصَةً and the Prophet used to be sent to his nation only now if someone says أَلَيْسَ نُوحُ بُعِثَ إِلَىٰ النَّاسِ جَمِيعًا isn't it that Nuh was sent to entire mankind we say لِأَنَّهُ لَا يُوجَدْ فِي ذَلِكَ الْوَقْتِ إِلَّا قَوْمُهُ because at his time there were no people present except his people this brings the end of the discussion of this great hadith I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make me and you from those who will receive the shafa'ah of the Prophet on the day of resurrection and I ask him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who follow his sharia in the way that pleases Allah the Most High. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.